The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. If you know something that can save a person's life, which is more important, that you tell them or that they listen to you? If you're a doctor who has a certain patient that you know needs a transplant, which is more important, that you tell them or that they listen to you? You see, to us, most of the time, the more important thing is that a person actually listens to life-saving advice and then acts on it, right? You see, the interesting thing, though, about today's readings is that isn't the emphasis when sharing the life-saving news, the gospel. At least not for us gospel sharers. Because when it comes down to it, we're not the ones who are saving lives and changing hearts. What we do as Christians is tell people that they're loved by God. We tell people the good news of Jesus. God wants his people to share his message with others whether they listen or not. This is exactly what he told the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel lived during the time of the Babylonian captivity. The nation of Israel had divided into two kingdoms, a northern kingdom called Israel and a southern kingdom called Judah. And they had forsaken God. They had become idolatrous. They started worshiping other gods and sacrificing to them instead of the one true God. So as an act of judgment, God allowed a foreign nation to become powerful, the Assyrian Empire. And he allowed them to invade the northern kingdom, Israel, and take most of them off into captivity. And they were never heard from again. The lost ten tribes. The southern kingdom survived the invasion, but they were still idolatrous. Fast forward a few decades and God allowed a different foreign nation to become powerful, the Babylonians, and they did the same thing. They swooped in, invaded the southern kingdom, and took most of the people off into exile. And it was an act of judgment from God. Now, you and I both know that's not the end of the story because God still loved them. They were still his chosen people through whom the line of the Savior would be preserved. God had made them a promise, and he intended to keep it. He had no intention of forgetting about them, even though they were off in some other land, because he loved them. The problem was the people. Most of them had forgotten about God. The Bible says that even in captivity, they were still obstinate and rebellious and stubborn. They weren't just fine with dismissing the idea of the God of Israel and their forefathers. No, they were hostile toward it and him and everyone he sent to tell them about his word and his promise. They didn't 
want anything to do with God. Does that sound familiar? I mean, don't most people today think about God in almost the exact same way? People generally don't want anything to do with God or what he has to say, especially if it doesn't line up with what they want, what they want to do with their relationships or with their bodies or with their lives. And then there's the things about God that don't make sense to us. There's this thing that, uh, that some lovable big guy in the sky created the entire universe, which is roughly 500 billion trillion miles across and getting bigger. There's the idea that this guy created all of it and everything in it in six days. It sounds preposterous to human ears. It sounds impossible. So people dismiss it. Just because it doesn't make sense to them. Now, that's not true for everybody. There are people out there who are open to the idea of a higher power. They just want a higher power that fits into the box of their own desires, their own hopes, their own dreams. They want a higher power that solves just their problems and does nothing else. You know, I keep saying they and their and other people. But when I think about it, when I take a step back and and reflect on how I live and, and what I do, all of this really applies to me, myself, and I. Because even on the worst of days, when I start to doubt or or falter, when I'm reflecting on everything that's wrong in my life, I just want God to fix all of my problems right then and there because he's supposed to be caring, right? And if he doesn't fix all of my problems right then and there, the temptation then is to think he doesn't care, is to blame him for what's wrong with me. And that's when the devil sneaks in and he starts to whisper in our ears. He tries to get us to doubt what God has to say. It's the oldest trick in his book. He said to Eve in the Garden of Eden, did God really say? And with Eve, there are times when we fall for it. When we start to falter or doubt And then there are the times that we flat out reject what God has to say because it isn't what we want to hear. This is the truth for every human being on earth. Because of our sinful nature, we reject God. And without him, we are exiled in a far-off land, far away from his house, captive to sin and Satan. Knowing that's the truth about human beings and our natural state, how are we supposed to share what God wants us to share? How are we even supposed to say what he wants us to say? 
If all of that is true about me and all of my failures and shortcomings, why in the world would God want me to tell people about him? You know, Ezekiel may have been wondering that very same thing. When his vision first started, he laid face down in front of God because he knew that he didn't deserve to even look at the holy God. But then God says something. He calls Ezekiel son of man. And that has a very important emphasis. It's almost as if God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, this isn't about you. This isn't about what you can or can't do. This isn't about how you fall short. You are a sinful descendant of Adam. You are a frail mortal being who's destined to die. And really, you don't bring anything but weakness to this task. But right after God calls him son of man with all of that implied meaning, he says, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. And before he's even done speaking, the Holy Spirit goes to Ezekiel, he lifts him up, and he opens his ears. The amazing thing is, despite Ezekiel's shortcomings, despite his failures, despite his imperfection, God made the weak man strong. God enabled the frail man to stand tall. God gave the man who knew he didn't deserve to be in his presence and who knew he really didn't have any authority to tell people about him, God gave this man the exact words he wanted him to say. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You must speak my words. And then God goes on and says something that may be a little bit surprising. He says, you must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen. Here's the thing. When sharing God's word, the expectation for us isn't that we're successful, at least not outwardly. We're not expected to have crowds of people following us around just because we've told them something. No. The expectation for us is that we share God's word faithfully. We tell people the good news of Jesus faithfully, not altering it or tailoring it, not leaving things out because they don't jive with certain people or adding things to try to make it make more sense. No. The expectation is that we share God's word as it is as he's given it, because this is what the Sovereign Lord has said. And there is a very important reason for that. If we start changing things around, even with good intentions to make it easier for people, if we start changing things around, then the message as God has given it would become diluted or distorted because we're imperfect. And we would have put our imperfect hands into God's perfect word. 
Think of it this way. If we were to change the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, because, well, that doesn't make sense, that's not possible, it would make more sense for Jesus to have two human parents and he was just a really good guy. That makes sense. If we were to change the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, then we would lose the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. And if we lose that, why would his death on the cross mean anything more than some guy died? Why would it mean anything for you and me? If we start changing things about God's word to make it fit our understanding and what we think God is like, then we lose what he's actually like. The word of God, as it is, is inspired by God himself, every word, for a reason. He tells us exactly what we need to know about him and about what he's done for us. The truth is, people will listen to it or not. But what God is telling us today is that shouldn't stop us. That shouldn't affect what we say or how we share it or even why. In fact, that is to be expected. Yet God still wants his people to tell others his message, whether they listen or not. Because. Because the power to bring someone to faith, the power to change someone's heart from dead in sin to alive in Christ, has absolutely nothing to do with the messenger. It has everything to do with the message. God has promised to work through his word. And that's a promise he intends to keep. And unlike human beings who can be dissuaded or disheartened or disappointed in the face of opposition, unlike human beings who can be afraid in the face of rejection, unlike human beings who can be chained up and imprisoned like Paul, God's word is different. God's word is not and cannot be chained up. God's word does not return to him empty, but it will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent it. And what is that purpose? Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That is why God told Ezekiel to speak his words, whether the people listened or didn't. That is why God told Ezekiel not to fear, because even in the face of rejection from his own people, even in the face of hate and imprisonment and probable death, God's word works. Because he's promised to work through it. And that's a promise he intends to keep. That truth that comfort is for you and me. It's for all those times when we feel alone or doubtful or afraid when sharing our faith. 
when sharing our biblical worldview, or what our priorities in life are, or what we think of the view of marriage. It's for those times when we as Christians know that we're not part of the majority. But God says, do not fear. Do not be afraid of them. Remember Jesus. Remember that Jesus was rejected in his hometown by the people who knew him best, and they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Remember Jesus, who was abandoned by one of his closest friends, Peter, who repeatedly denied even knowing him as Jesus walked toward the cross. Remember Jesus, who was rejected by the very people that he had come to save, and he still saved them because he loved them. That's true for the people of Israel back in Ezekiel's day. They had revolted and rebelled against God for generations. Of all the people, they were the most deserving of being sent off into captivity. Yet what did God do? He sent them a prophet. And with that prophet, he sent his word, his promise of a savior, a promise that he intended to keep because he loved them. And that's true still today. The people in our world, the people in our lives, and when we stop and think about it, when we take a step back and reflect on how we've lived, when we think about all the ways that we've fallen short and that we failed, regardless of what we say, what we do, how we think, Regardless of how much we are imperfect, God still loves all of us. That is the good news message that God wants us to share, to tell people, whether they listen or not. That is the good news message that we carry out into the world, whether across the globe or across the street. That is the good news message that we fearlessly and shamelessly and confidently share as witnesses of our Savior who was crucified, died, and was buried, but who rose from the dead, victorious over all of our enemies, over sin, over Satan, over death itself, and who has promised us, his beloved people, who has promised us Life eternal with him. And that's a promise he intends to keep. That's the good news message that we've been called to share. Brothers and sisters, let's do that. Whether the world listens or not. God grant it. Amen. Amen.